Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Two Indie Authors podcast with me, Robert Enright. And me, David B. Lyons. On today's show, we are going to discuss what authors do on a day-to-day basis when running a successful independent business. We will Mm -hmm. also be answering a mailbag question sent in by a friend of the show, Ivan Wainwright, who wants to probe us about the interesting topic of book titles. And then to see out the show mm. in fine style, children's book author Sarah Hewlett will be joining us to face our seven questions. However, we shall begin, as we always do, Robert, by discussing the week that was. So how have the last seven days been for you, buddy? It's been really good. Um, I mean, I just said to you before we started recording about the three irrational tantrums my child had this morning before 7.30. <laughs> so it's been a day already. Yes. Um, but the week's been okay. good. The week's been really good. I got my edits back um, oh, for, cool. um, for the fighter, Sam Pope 12. So I've gone through all those, some really good points. Again, a friend of the show, Emma Mitchell, um she she cast her eye over it but again she just like challenges and probes me about you know does this does this make sense this doesn't add up you need to flesh this out more because i'm reading it and i'm I'm struggling to form a picture of it so things like that you know you can't be too that's exactly exactly what you want from an editor isn't it emma's great it's yeah you don't you you want people to challenge you really well that's the whole point it's it's i i I pay emma to to whip my book into the best shape it can possibly be so yeah. um yeah so it's a, a a good tip for people to not be precious about their writing um when, yeah. when it comes to this part of the process anyway so um i've worked through yeah. all those it's off with the proofreader it's all on track for the launch um i'm looking Great. forward to the launch because obviously i've got a box set coming as well but this pre-order has nearly done 50 percent more pre-orders than the last one which was my best one ever so it's just the read-through is there like the read-through is coming through at book 12 incline exactly um so all really good for that um and then i've been focusing on um my new series my detective series so Ah. it's a really interesting um period for me because for five years all i've written is sam pope to the point that i know the character better than i know myself now like how he'd react to stuff who his um, friends are his backstory everything for five years that's all i've my mind's been consumed by so with this one i've had to flesh out what his whole backstory is because although he's been in one of the books he was only in one book what his part well the person who runs the department what her backstory is i've had to develop a good killer i've had to you know, make the story make sense. It's been more challenging than anything I've it. had to write for a while. So it's been really, really good. Um, I've also been watching um, episodes of Luther because A, it's a brilliant TV show. Um, but B, is because that's the sort of vibe I want to get is this kind of dark, gritty, serial ah, killer so vibe. Inspired by tone, by watching Luther. I do that a lot. Yeah. I watch particular uh, TV shows or movies that will give me the right tone mm-hmm. so, uh, that I want to write in. So I'm, I'm doing a David B. Lyons. I'm watching, I'm not Netflix, I'm watching BBC iPlayer, but um, I've been watching some <laughs> some high quality TV just to kind of, like I said, just to get the tone of what I want to set. I don't want it to be yeah. this full on police procedural go through all the ins and outs of a process the police have to go to to you know get a warrant i want it to be yeah. a bit more of a maverick detective who's dealing with a psycho killer that's more my that's more Great. my jam if that's uh if i can that's get away jam. with saying that um nice so, so it's been good like from a creative aspect it's been really good and then um the the final one i just wanted to uh bring up for the past week is inspired by our chat last week about you getting an agent i actually yes. um got my arsing gear pulled a, an email together 
um, and sent it out to a number of agents yesterday. Um, oh, great. Uh, did all the research. I spent hours going through you know, good agencies, finding who's the right agent to go towards. And yeah. I sent them off yesterday afternoon. I already received one email mm-hmm. back almost immediately. No um, unfortunately, it wasn't an offer, but it was because oh. I said I only want uh, dramatic rights and translation rights. I don't want anything to do with my books. Yeah. And this agency, um, the guy was really good. The director was really nice. He's like, they actually sort of partner with another agency to to do the dramatic rights and, and translation rights. So oh, yeah. as, as themselves as an agency, they would only do the like re- uh, English language in like you um, international rights. So basically agent my book and try and get ah. me a publisher. And he even said like, yeah. we would love to take you on to do that. But I'm t- I, from, from your email, he goes, I can see that that's not what you're interested in doing. Yeah, well, so, that's not what I'm offering. Yeah. So <laughs> but he was really cool about it. And like, he wished me the best and everything, but um, it was it was another thing of I sent out loads of emails to agents when I was way back at the beginning of this journey and I heard nothing back. Yeah. And again, it goes back to your thing. I was in a position to throw all this proof at them of success and I got, yes. I got instant, an instant response. So we'll see where that goes. You never know. I might, I might hear back from some more over the next couple of weeks. I might not, but um, I thought I'd Lovely. give it a go anyway. But yeah. Um, yes. Well done, Rob. That's great. Yeah. And it just goes to show you're having a similar experience that I had tumbleweeds four or five years ago. Mm. And now that you have proof that you're selling hundreds of thousands of books. Oh, yeah. Can we have a piece of that pie, please? <laughs> you can have a specific piece of pie that I haven't cooked yet. <laughs> That's what you can have. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been a really, really good week. Um, how about yourself? What have you been up to? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still wait. I'm I'm, I'm still on tenter hooks, waiting on that email to drop from the producer who I met with last week. Oh yeah. Um, it still has still hasn't come in, but that's been um, my week has mostly been looking at your email, <laughs> looking at my emails, <laughs> logging in. No, nothing yet. Logging back in ten minutes later. Refresh. Yet. Refresh. <laughs> Refresh. Yes. Um, I should say on the on the agent front, Rob, uh, fantastic work. Uh, I, um, I hope you get what you're looking for. I think you will. Uh, uh, of course, it, w- it will have to suit you. Mm-hmm. Um, I after last week's episode, I had four listeners reach out to me. Um, I think two were in threads on our group and, and a couple um, on private mails going, "Oh, what's 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 your agent's name? I want to get in touch with them." Like, I don't know whether they're not listening to the podcast properly. No point in copying what I did. No. No point in copying what Rob does. So I explained on the podcast last week, and Rob has done this over the past seven days, we went through the list of agents, um, whether it's in the Writer and Artist Yearbook or online or wherever you can find lists of agents, and find the ones specific to my needs, like Rob has done over the past seven days. There's no point in you finding out who my agent is and then writing off to them. Like that, that is totally redundant. Um, so me and Rob have, have said this multiple times. There's no point in copying. No point in copying what other people are doing. You can be inspired by. So, um, for example, the, all of the, the four people who got in touch with me, thanks for listening. We're, we're great that you're listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them write the same genre as me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the point. Freedom. I just wanted to jump yeah, in that's and make. The point making, I, just, yeah. I just wanted to make now is I found my agents. I literally typed in UK-based literary agents, and I went through the painstaking process of going onto each website and looking: is this the right one for me? Do they offer what yeah. I'm looking for? Then I go to their agents and I read through all the profiles of their agents to see yes. which one in here would be the one Suits that you. would suit me. So if there's one that's specifically for translation rights, I'm going to ping an email off to them. Um, if there's exactly. if there's if there's not a specific you know if there's not a specialist translation rights person, but there's someone who's into thriller books, I'm going to go to them. Um, and I just want to exactly. echo your point of it's not um, copying you. Is I know who your agent is. Because I've yeah. I found you on an agency website that I've pinged an email off to. However, I didn't ping it off to your agent because your agent yeah. isn't the one that I would want to be. It's not right for now, you. Now, if, exactly. there, if there's probably an author, an independent author in the world who's more attached to you than me, 
I don't know about them. So like we, no, we almost well, got me, and you are good. <laughs> me and you are, are good mates, but you didn't say um I know to me, David oh, B. Can Lyons, you give me yeah. the list of agents that you no, um I didn't I, that I, you shortlisted. I, I, because that doesn't make sense because although you write in crime and I write in crime, we write in totally different genres exactly. and we're looking for different things from agents. So exactly. everybody needs to understand what their own individual needs are, yep. what the requirements are, and go find the right agent for you um so i just wanted to get that up my nice. chest the um I, i've been writing as well this week good uh lots of writing getting lots of words down on page which is good i have put my next novella up for uh pre-release lovely uh, which will be august 24th it's giving me i'm nearly finished but I, I i'm away on holidays i'm in dublin now um for a week or so at the end of july and I'm also hoping I'll be will be writing a screenplay um, within that period. So I've given myself uh, enough time yeah. to be distracted if I need to be distracted before I get that novella um, published and out there. So, yeah, I'm being very disciplined, apart from checking my fucking um, emails every eight minutes on average. <laughs> um, it, it has been a productive week. To Our talking point today, David, it kind of segues quite nicely from what you were saying um, previously in the week that was about not copying exactly what we do. We just talk about how we do it and then you figure out your own way to do something similar. Yeah, exactly. So um, what we wanted to talk about today, have have a chat about was what we do day to day in our indie author business. Now, it seems like quite a broad topic um like what we do day to day but i think it's worth saying is things will change based on what process you're currently going through so you're in the process of writing a uh, a novella and i'm in the process of launching a novel and planning another Mm -hmm. one so what you'd be doing day to day is going to be different from what i'll be doing day to day currently at the moment but i think as a broad section there's things we have to do day to day like there's things we have to always be on top of and things we always do um so currently at the moment when you're doing your writing what's the sort of day-to-day stuff you need to be on top of yeah that's that's a very good point so we are full-time authors Mm -hmm. rob and i but that's not to say that we are spending eight hours a day researching or writing or redrafting we're not we're not spending eight hours a day with our word or our scrivener documents mm. um so w- w- when it comes to craft and it comes to the word or scrivener document um you you could be doing what rob has suggested he's been doing for the past week uh, in the week that was which was research so uh, rob is trying to get into the tone he's trying to get into his characters he's trying to uh, he probably has a skeleton of who these characters are. He's building on the the flesh um, and the skin, mm-hmm. and eventually they're going to become three dimensional. So researching and watching Luther as he is, yep. or uh, re- perhaps even reading other books or watching uh, movies or film um, TV that align to the tone that Rob is aiming for. That's all in the research, and I do that often. I think. We, I spoke in early episodes about I watched so much Netflix and I was sort of joking <laughs> and saying, is this work? Is this actually work? It is work. It is. It's part of the research process I mean, and it's easy work. I mean, you telling me you're watching Love Island, I don't believe is work. But like the, no. no, but the other day, so so here's the thing. So, uh, Sophie and I, um, after we put Little into bed, uh, we have dinner and we usually watch an episode of something. So I, I put mm-hmm. on my social media all the things I've been watching over the year. Um but the other day we came to the end of a series and she's like, what do you want to watch? And I was like, oh, can we watch The Bay on ITV? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. It's probably a three out of five sort of series. It's 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 an yeah. easy watch. But I was like, yeah. it's a detective series and I need to kind of get in that mindset. I need to start looking yeah. at that mindset. And while I watched it, we watched it like one episode an evening over six evenings, I think. But as I was watching it, yeah, I watched it. It was enjoyable. It's nice. I sit with a cup of tea and a biscuit with my wife, and we sit there and go, ooh, what's going on next? Ooh, there's a twist there. But as I was watching, I was going like, in my head, I was going like, oh, okay, so what I need to do is I need to develop more than two suspects that it could be. 
okay, yeah. I need to have sort of a subplot going on with maybe the family. Things I hadn't really thought about because I'm thinking about, yes. you know, a horrible killer stabbing people or whatever. Yeah. But again, this goes to the research thing is day to day, you need to keep that creative brain switched on because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making all these mental notes. Then I'll go and I'll put them in my, I, I mean, I have a little pad on the side of my desk that I always just jot down notes in. I know some people put it on their phones, whatever. Yeah. But it goes back to your thing about research is research isn't just looking something up in a book. It could be going for a walk in an area you want to set something, or it could be, like you said, watching not Love Island, but watching programs in a similar genre to what you're writing so you can get a feel of the tone and how it's paced and stuff like that. So, And this goes hand in hand with what you said at the top of the show. Like how we research will be totally, and how we mm-hmm. write totally different per, per author. Um, you know, um, Vox pop a thousand authors and ask them all, how do you research and write? You're going to get a thousand different answers. Mm-hmm. Or you should get a thousand different answers. So there's no point in doing exactly how Rob and I do. In fact, Rob and I do it differently. So, but research is a key part. And we do have a full um, talking point on research, which um, is probably about 10 episodes ago. You, you can go and find that one. Mm-hmm. But it is part of the day to day when you're a writer. Yes, 100%. And then, once I've researched and I've done what you're now attempting to do, Rob, which is adding the uh, blood and the, and the skin to the bones of characters and plot. Well, I do um, bullet points. So I will have a lot of bullet points in terms of structuring how I want my plot to go. Okay. So the, 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 there will be something like that. I could I could end up with 12 bullet points or I could have 40 bullet points. It's totally dependent. And I write in different points of view. Again, this will be different per author. Yep. Um, so I, I might have 10 or 12 bullet points per main character, if you know what I mean. And it's only then that I will get down to the writing process. Now, I've just explained research and, and um, plotting and writing. This all falls under the umbrella of craft. Yeah. And day to day, Robert and I will always be doing something regarding our craft. That's a really key point. That is a key point. I think if you're even even when I was when I wasn't full time, even when I wasn't full time, when I was working um, quite a quite a busy job and you know, I've got a young kid, all this stuff, I still always made it like a priority that at some that there's at least 20 to 30 minutes that I'm dedicating to this craft. So yeah, I I made sure I did something every day, even if it was something like putting down a couple of ideas for the next uh, next few books, or even if it was I wrote five hundred words or something like that. It's like every day you have to exercise that writing muscle, but every day you need to be yeah. working towards getting your books further forward, whether that's out into the hands of readers or getting the word count up or getting the plotting done. But I think it's 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 a massive bugbear of mine. When people say like, well, a book only took them three months to write. It can't be that good. Well, it's like, no, it can be that good. <laughs> yeah. It's just I don't I don't subscribe to the fact that to write a book, I need to sit there for two years and go, oh, I've just got this idea in my head. And I really, oh, it's just so hard to get out. It's not hard to get it out. You should be able to sit yeah. down and write. So it's actually more, if, you, if there's time constraints because of work, because of family, that's fine. Or illness, that's fine. But I do think yeah. it should be made a priority above things like, tv or video games or something like that you know and that's how i did it and now even now like this week i haven't been writing because my books you know you i've said where my books are at but i've done loads of research i could i can't really show it on on an audio thing i could show you a notepad full of scribblings of all the character backstories and stuff because it's a day-to-day thing i've got to be moving it forward so i think that's one exactly that we need to do your craft should be something you do day to day regardless of what point or what process you're in. You're absolutely right. Your, your craft, you should be flexing the craft muscle in your brain or the creative muscle in your brain uh, with, with absolute discipline. And that is, if you have a full-time office job and you're only getting to work on your indie author business for maybe an hour a day, well, please give over 15 or 20 minutes of that hour to your mm-hmm. craft. You need to be disciplined and uh, on top of that, on a consistent basis, because even I, who have been writing pretty much my whole adult life, 
And then I decided I'm not going to write um, after I had the big success over the past few years. I said, I'm going to take some time off. Mm-hmm. Then getting back into it was difficult. So flexing that creative muscle um, on a consistent basis is key. Now, craft, it goes without saying, Rob, that that's a big chunk of our author business. Uh, all of our listeners will know that. Mm-hmm. And those who aren't aware of self-publishing or traditional publishing uh, will know that that craft and writing books is part and parcel of what a writer does. But of course, it's not all we do no. um, in this business. So aside from craft, and we said in the craft umbrella is research and plotting and the actual process of writing. Now, aside from that, there's a multitude of areas that we need to work on. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be honest, 25% of my working day is always craft. And I think I've said this before, um, I split my day in in four. So just I always give myself two projects to work on before lunch and two projects to work on after lunch. One of those four projects is always craft. It's mm-hmm. always write a new chapter or, you know, if I'm at the start of a book, get heavy research done in a couple of hours. So if we take craft to one side, which goes without saying, what else do indie authors do on a daily basis? So there, there's all the admin, right? I'm going to just bucket it all yeah. up. So that involves your marketing, your back end of the systems, like your Amazon, so your KDP account. I spent hours in there this last week updating blurbs, updating prices, all this stuff, right? And then you've got... Yeah. Um, I had to update all my back matter in my books. So like that's a whole job. Yeah. Yeah. Email newsletter, all this stuff. And, and it can be overwhelming. And this is why I champion this again and again. I beat this drum overhead. You need to do this, this shit. It is shit. Most of it's shit. No one likes sitting there doing admin. If you do fair play to you, you're a weirdo. Um, I like most of it. You're a weirdo. You're a weirdo, though, David. I am a. I am a little bit weird. I don't count marketing as admin. I would put that in a separate bracket. Okay. Um, if we put the marketing but, in but a separate things, one. Yeah, it it kind of is a separate hat, I guess. Um, yeah, Mark, There's a lot of admin I don't like, such as updating the back end and yeah. stuff like that. But um, I love doing my email newsletter, and I love creating ads. Yeah. So I'd say that's more um, marketing guess, than 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 admin, but but why I wanted admin, to, that's yeah. why I wanted a bucket all together. So we can say okay, you got your marketing, you got your admin, set very separate from craft, but they're they're quite strongly linked. And what I mean by the admin on a day to day basis, and the reason why I beat this drum again and again, and the reason why I was calling you a weirdo, is <laughs> if if you don't do it every day, it becomes a massive task right? It becomes overwhelming. It becomes intimidating. And it sits in the back of your mind that you know you need to do it. And you keep putting it off because it's too big of a job. And the irony behind that is the job just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The reason why you should be doing it every day. And again, if you've only got an hour, just take 10 minutes of that hour to just quickly have a look through and note down, you know, make a list of things you have to do. You don't have to do them all at once. But what you should yeah. be doing is you should be ticking off that list every 10 minutes of that hour. If you've got a list of 10 things and each one takes 10 minutes, then over the next 10 hours, that list will disappear because yeah, I don't want to be sat doing four hours of updating all my book back matter and then having to do three months worth of accounts to my accountant and then update my trackers that I have because I haven't done it for three months because that's going to wipe out a whole day or two days and it's going to be a day that I don't enjoy and I don't like having days I don't enjoy if that makes sense so on a day-to-day basis um, it's why I always bring up the importance of making sure you're on top of all of this stuff is you can then you know out of nowhere I was like oh I'm gonna do I'm gonna ping out loads of emails to agents and I yes. didn't go, oh, I can't do that because I've got to do this. I was like, okay, well, in the morning, I'll just whip through my emails, make sure there's nothing there I need to take hold of. Oh, wait, there's something here from Ingram that I need to send this off somewhere. Okay, that's fine. I'll do that. Oh, I've got a quality issue in my Amazon dashboard. I'll quickly deal with that. But if I didn't do that yeah. day to day, and if I just checked on that in three months and I had like 50 emails I needed to do and 
50 things I needed to correct in my books, I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I won't be doing my agents now. And then it would fall off my list. So um, that is my my take on the day-to-day of admin is as much as I might not like doing it, it's imperative that you do. So right, and it, and it can be a case of um, an admin job can pop up at any stage yeah. you can, you, that you weren't planning. You think, oh shit, I, I need to get on top of that. Like such as Amazon telling you there's a quality issue or something in one of your books, and you need to hop on it. Um, yeah, and admin, yeah, it encompasses yeah your accounts, as Rob said, um, your Amazon backend, looking at Ingram Spark, wherever your books are uploaded, you you may have to you know, uh, caress and massage and, and make sure everything is, is good on an ongoing basis. And I'm constantly looking at my sales pages and my blurbs uh-huh. and I'm thinking, oh, maybe this could be this, I could change this line or I could change the layout. So I'm always on top of my admin, like Robert says. And if you stay on top of it, it just becomes a passing gig that you just have to yeah. sort of dot some I's and cross some T's every now and just, again. Just have and a again, little list. Just have a little list. Just have a little pad on the side of your desk li- or one on your phone. Yes. And when something pops up, what was one that popped up on my radar the other day? On my A plus content, I have my three things. Looks like an action poster. On the bottom of out of reach, it said available. I, they usually say available and put ebook, paperback, and audio. But on the out of reach one, it said available in ebook and paperback, and in brackets, audio coming soon. I released that audio yes. two weeks ago and I forgot to update it. And I saw it the other day. Exactly. Yeah. Quick note on my list update A plus out of reach. That's all I did. And then two days later, when I came to my admin side of things, I was like, right, what's on my admin list? Okay, cool. I'll update that. And that's all. That's how you just process it. Just whenever anything pops up, just pop it on the admin list and then you just stay on top of it. Yeah. And again, like I said, I split my day in four, Rob. Mm-hmm. One is always admin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. one of those jobs is admin. And I will have exactly what you explained there. I keep saying we don't do things the exact same, but we do in this <laughs> regard. I will have a little notepad on the side of my um, uh, MacBook Air open, and it will have a, a bullet point of lists of small things to do. And they are normally um, things that I find by stalking myself mm-hmm. online. Like you said, you've just noticed something on one of your sales pages that hasn't been updated. Oh, I'm going to add that bullet point. I'm going to update it. Yep. I find things like that all the time. So one of my four, another one of my, one of my four is obviously craft. Another one is admin and it could be two hours worth of admin. It could be 20 minutes worth of admin, but there's always a a number of different issues that I will have to address on an ongoing basis. Um, so the, the third one that's always on my list, um, of the four, Rob, is marketing. And, yeah. and I think you sort of, you, you suggest that is admin. It is it an, an administrative job, I guess. I th- but I think we'll just take it out of its set, of, 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 uh, uh, put it in a separate packet at the moment. Because marketing, really, we don't sell books without marketing. No. And marketing can encompass a lot of things, such as your email newsletter, your paid ads, your free ads. It, it could even include your social media and mm-hmm. your liaising with fans. That's all marketing and i spend a couple of hours of every day making sure i'm staying on top of that i'm looking at my facebook ads and thinking is anything i can improve here which ad is working which ads aren't working i'm always thinking of email newsletter ideas and i spend a lot more time than i think our average listener will appreciate liaising with my fans yes whether that's on emails or on social media i like and respond to every comment yes that pops up on my social media because um my fans appreciate it my readers appreciate it and that keeps me fresh in their heads all the time they think oh i must get the next david b lines book Mm -hmm. so your marketing whatever that encompasses and rob and i have done multiple um episodes on specifically on marketing that is part of your day to day as an independent author it's almost as vital as the craft itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can write a book, but if you can't stick it in front of people's faces, it's not going to sell. And um, as mm-hmm. much as, you know, we love the writing thing, we're in this to sell books. Um, 
sorry to look at it from a cold hard uh, business point of view um the reason why yeah. i was i was like lumping it all in with admin is it's it's stuff you need to stay on top of um because yeah. i'd say I, I i cast i once a day i'll have a look at my facebook ads just to see uh their click their uh, cost per click just to make sure they're not like skyrocketing yeah. because i have a threshold if you go beyond that i'll keep an eye on you if you go beyond that for the next few days you know, because I, I I usually do like a a weekly overview of my ads where I'll look back at the last seven days to see the average because I think things can fluctuate so much on a day to day. I think it's hard to draw. Um, okay, well, you know, like the, I talk about like the rug pull where oh, oh today I made seventy pounds less than yesterday, or oh my god, everything's falling in. But then the next day you'll have a really good sales day. So I think it's always worth like yes. giving it like seven days. So when it comes to marketing, again, if there's an issue, if facebook turn off one of my ads I'll, I'll 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 deal with it um but you know i don't send an email out to my mailing list every day but you know i check to make sure you know emails are still sending i'll always just double check the automation i'll see how many new subscribers i have all that jazz um and then, yeah. and then we, I think we did a episode last week no a couple of weeks ago about how to grow your social media and like you said, interacting with your followers on your page is just key and you can do that. However, you can do that on your phone during downtime almost like, you know, there's an advert during whatever you're watching. If you're on the toilet, if you're on the train, if you're waiting for five minutes while your little one's taking forever to go up the stairs, you know, it's it's all in your pocket. It's in your pocket. So those types of things. So, So marketing is something I do every day, but I don't want people to think I'm sitting there if people think, like, oh, what are these guys doing? Oh, they're sitting there and they're writing five chapters a day and then they're sitting there building ads every day. It's not the case. It's 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 keeping no. your head on it's it's keeping your eye on top of everything so everything runs smoothly. Yeah. That's what it is. And I think that's um one of the main ones that I guess you need to do every day, which isn't something um you can do on your laptop or something like that, which is you need to stay focused. And this is something you need to kind of work on. People need to work on. Um, yeah. Is, is making sure. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, you're so right. This is, this is one that an awful lot of authors don't get right. I mm. just want to, I just going to leap a tiny bit back mm. um, to a point you just made there, Rob, and then we'll get on to yeah. staying focused. The, the, the marketing and marketing isn't just, I'm going to build a new Facebook ad as mm. Rob has just said. It, it's an awful lot of, studying and looking and 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 liaising with your readers and stuff here's one thing i just want to say on that point before we get on to staying focused the top authors in this game they are killing it at that specific yeah. level the liaison um louise ross mark dawson adam croft all these guys who are selling millions of books uh, as indie authors they're all so good at maintaining their fans uh-huh and maintaining their readership. And it is really is key. Now, Rob and I are talking as guys who spend about eight hours a day on our author business. You may only have one hour a day on your author business. So if you only have one hour a day and you're spreading it in four like I do, not that you have to do what I do, um, that means that's 15 minutes a day that you're going to be liaising and catching up with your readers and fan base. So make sure it is a pivotal part of your indie author career. Mm-hmm. Um now, Rob, you, you you just mentioned staying focused there. There's another part of the indie author experience that's not really spoken about, and I haven't really heard it um, mentioned too much, is looking after your own mindset. Yeah, that's it. It's just mentality, be- be- yeah. Because mentality, because it's 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 such an isolating job. And if you just spend your day marketing or writing, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. So... Staying focused, looking after your mental health, um, even developing or learning or studying, which is a note you made about about this particular topic, Rob. We should be constantly looking to improve our indie author business. So who can I learn from mm-hmm. or what can I learn? Um, exercising. Yep. It's a key going one. Going for walks, qu- quiet time. So these are all key. And one of these, you, you mentioned staying focused. That is one of my four a day. Yeah. And it should be, and it's it's 
it's easy to lose um, focus when you're on on your laptop or on your phone. Um, we live in the meme culture, don't we? And I'll see a funny reel yeah. and then I'll see another one. And before you know it, 20 minutes wasted watching this. And by all means, do yeah. that. But when, you, when you're limited on time, and when you know, especially if you are, um, you know, and I, like trying to, you're working a full time job and you're trying to write on the side and you've got a family and stuff like that, you you need to limit the possibilities of that happening. I think we've done this probably from episode one where we spoke about eliminating distractions and things like that. And so you need to stay focused yeah. when you're in the moment. But the other thing you need to stay focused on is the fact that this is a long game and you need to understand that. You know, I understand now, like writing this new series, this Jack Townsend series, it's probably going to sell because I've got a readership, but it's not going to touch what Sam Pope does. But I know for a fact, if I just stay, stay the course and I go five or six books deep on this character, I know I can, I've proven it to myself, I can build something that will do well. So I think it's it's really hard to lose focus of the fact that if you're going to write a chapter today, it doesn't mean your book's going to be finished. If you release a book, it doesn't mean you're going to become a full-time author. There's a, I mean, there's a long path ahead and there's a lot of work to do. Yes. But you need to stay focused on the fact that if you do all that work, you'll put yourself in a position above 99% of people who wish they could do something like that. So Absolutely. when it's staying focused, it's not just, you know, turning off the internet or putting your phone in the other room or setting a timer. It is that whole keeping your eye on exactly what it is you want to do. So if you're sitting there and you've got one book and you think I need to be, a, I want to be a full-time writer. I think I need five books. You're going to need to sit and write those five books. And it's up to you how you do that, whatever it is you need to do, but that's what you need to do to stay focused. And I'll find myself like, I don't know, finding some, Oh, that'd be cool. I could set up one of these type of side businesses or something like that. Or, you know, I could help design, I designed our website for the podcast, which seems to have gone down quite well. Yes, I could offer up web design. To I could offer up web design to people because I seem to know how to do it. Yeah, but then why would I do that? Yeah, I could spend time writing a book exactly. because that's what the goal is. So I think that's what I mean by staying focused. It isn't just not watching YouTube. It's not losing sight of what you want to get out of it. I think it's a really important thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you're so right. And it goes with exercise. You you mentioned it earlier. The reason exercise is really important is, A, not just because for your health, but also for your mental health. Exercise is like one of the best things to do to maintain your mental health. Um, but I, yeah. I think I made the point when I first went full time, I had like a bench in my garage and some weights and I just wasn't doing them. So I actually went and joined the gym because I needed reasons to get out of the house. So I joined the gym in yeah. like end of November when it's raining and it's dark and it's cold. And I was getting myself out of the house in that in those conditions because I was like, right, I need to get up. I need to get out of the house. I want to go do some exercise. And it's really good. Like I start my mornings, most mornings after I take girly to school, go do that. But it's really good to get the blood pumping because it helps with the creativity. And, it, and well, it I was going to yeah. say, Rob. The, we've split this into four um, ways. So there's craft, there's marketing, mm -hmm. there's your admin, and then there's this area Rob and I are talking about now, which is staying focused That's and self care, isn't it? None of the self care. None of the other three: your admin, your craft, or your marketing would work unless you were taking this time exactly. to exercise or refocus or retrain the mind. Yeah. So it is one of the key areas. It, re, it genuine. It it sounds a bit fluffy, but it it's so key. It really is. Yeah, and it doesn't. You don't have to go to the gym. You can go for a walk. Helen, who was on our seven questions last week, she goes out with her dick uh, doing dictation, doesn't she? Like she said, she was like. I'm glad you said dictation. I thought she was just going out with a dick. <laughs> no, God, no, for a second. no, no, no. She's going up, but she's going up for these wonderful walks in um in the Nordic landscape getting inspired for her yes, books amazing. um but also she's getting her steps in which is you know you're up you're, you're mobile it's getting the blood pumping getting the oxygen going and that really helps with creativity and it really helps with your mental health so i think um as important as obviously writing and marketing and all that are when it comes to looking after your own mentality and your own health and your own focus of what you want to do None of the other three happen unless you look after your actual self. So that one is just as important. And it's one that we should be doing every single day. 
Time for the mailbag. No, is that not to get you jacked up, David, to answer a question, eh? Yeah, I'm so fucking jacked up for the mailbag now. <laughs> Good. Oh, <laughs> um, but you're right, it is time for the mailbag. And this week, um, I think you mentioned earlier, we have a question from friend of the show, Ivan Wainwright, who posted in our Facebook group. Um, and he's asked, have you discussed the importance of a book title in your podcast? It seems so simple and fundamental at first, but then I start thinking about what it evokes in a potential reader, other authors and titles, SEO, especially with Amazon, and even what someone would type mm-hmm. when I say it out loud. Um, there must be other factors too. So what are your thoughts on book titles, David, the importance of them? It's a it's a really good yeah, question, Ivan. Um, th- thanks for getting involved in in the community. Um, so what I would say regarding book titles is it's it's going to be part of your branding, uh-huh. Ivan. Personally, I've made a part uh, part of my branding. So I use long book titles. I've got book titles like "In the Middle of Middle America" or "The Footage That Shook America" or "The Murders That Killed America" or "She Said Tree Said" or whatever happened to Betsy Blake. Now, whatever happened to Betsy Blake, I easily could have called. Um, missing girl you know yeah yeah missing or you know it, it could have been that simple but i want my book titles to be memorable i want somebody when they um are passing on a recommendation of one of my books through word of mouth you're not going to forget mm-hmm. it and um, once it's said but that's part of my branding that's not to say everybody listening today uh, should go oh i'm going to create really long book titles to uh, make them memorable because I write in a psychological mystery suspense uh-huh. drama, so they align to that. So you, you got to really think of what your genre is first, um, and then how can you brand yourself within that genre? So Cassandra Clare, for example, um, writes these... What, what would I call them? They are... Um, it's like almost like shadow hunting and okay. mortal instrument type oh, yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. So all hers are called City of Bones is the yes. first one, then City of Ashes, mm-hmm. then City of Glass. So that's really interesting branding, but it's not interesting branding for the sake of a good title. It's interesting branding that aligns to the genre yeah. she writes in. Yeah, I think you've nailed it there. It it, it depends what genre you're in. So. You said you've got things like whatever happened to Betsy Blake, the footage that shook America. Me, I write punchy, high octane action thrillers, so that's what my yeah, the opposite, my yeah. books sound like. That too far gone, man of my word, the kingdom, the fighter, days gone yes. by. Do you know what I mean like that's like they they and you know either two or three word titles. Yeah, and they also you know you, you also have to you can't discount the impact of the title on the cover, like. Because people will see yeah. the cover, but you know, I got like it's like a movie poster, you know, the silhouette, the guy with the gun, all that stuff. But they're my titles; they work. They they kind of already give it the you know, man of my word, you know, the takers, that type of stuff. It just makes you think, okay, yeah, it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be a, th- a thriller. Um, whereas my two, yeah. the, the, I've plotted out the first Townsend novel, and I've got a really good idea for the second one, and obviously that's slightly different. So the first Townsend novel is called The Dead of Night which doesn't sound like yeah. action thrillery at all. And the second one that I've got planned is called Word of Mouth. So they're a bit more Great. cryptic. They sound a bit more mystery. And obviously they will then blend in. Now, they, you'd only find them in the correct categories in Amazon. So you'd already be in the genre, but then you'd see titles that work. And it, it, you know, it fits in with the branding. It fits in with the genre. I mean, it would be no point if I had a Sam Pope book called The Throne of Elder's Way. Because that yeah. that, that happens to be, work. I don't know, a throne that some high-ranking gangster sits in, right? And that's what it's known as, the throne of Elder's Way, because that immediately makes me think of, like, fantasy or something like that. So it's really important to make sure your yes. title fits the genre you're in. Um, and like I said, as long as it goes in with your branding as well, it, it's, it's, it is important, but I think it's something you should easily be able to get right. 
Okay, Rob, it is time for our favorite part of the show. It is the seven questions. And this week we have with us the multi-talented Sarah Hewlett. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure, absolutely. You're, you're a really interesting author because you're you're not the only author in your house, that's right. Yes, I'm not the only one. There's more. Nice. <laughs> wow, a home filled with creativity. Um, and Sarah will tell us a bit more about that. But Sarah, at the moment, you are uh, writing fantastic looking children's books. Can you tell us um, how many books you have out and, and how your author business is going? So at the moment, we have four children's books out. And the latest yeah. one, I'm Not Afraid, has just come out, which is really exciting. Um, and I'm part of a publishing house with one of my very closest friends. We met teaching um, and we created HB Publishing House. I'm the H, she's the B, with our, our surname. <laughs> um, and from that, we've started writing. We both had a love of books. And we kind of got together and created this publishing house and used it as a way of writing our own stories. It's amazing. Mm. So uh, what's even more amazing is you are writing sort of contrasting literature. Um, Sarah, you are writing these wonderful children's books. Yes. And your your partner's name is? Francis Fleur. Francis Fleur, who was writing fantastic looking um, romance books. Yes. Yes, she writes young adult romance. She's oh, wow. so got a mind for novels where I just haven't. I don't think I could sit down and write a long story, whereas the short <laughs> children's book I've just yeah, it's a, with. A different discipline altogether, yeah. it really is. So this would be fascinating to, to, to get your answer to these uh, seven questions. Yes. Um, and you can talk not only of your own experience, but perhaps, um, if you will, um, on behalf of uh, Francis. Yeah, definitely. So, so shall we get to them? Yes, absolutely. Let's go. Let's do it. I'd be interested to find out a bit about this publishing arm you have set up as well. So first things first, question number one, as always, is are you a full-time author? No, I'm not. So I do this around other things at the moment. So I'm currently a teacher. Um, Great. I'm a Senko. So I look after children in the school that have got special educational needs. Um, Great job. And I do that three days a week. I'm also mum to a two-year-old, which is obviously a very full-time job. Um, yes, it is indeed. And then I'm writing stories and we've set up this publishing house, me and my friend together. So, yeah, lots of things going on. <laughs> Amazing. That's that's fantastic. So with Educated, we get we do get teachers on here on the show as well. It seems to be uh, an awful lot of teachers and I have been one. Um, have that creativity inside them and they always feel like they have a book inside them so we're, we're, we think you're doing a fantastic job um, Sarah. and so you, you have you cut that back from five days a week to three so you can fit in um, obviously being a mother to your beautiful two-year-old but also to get more creativity down yeah definitely so having having a baby changes everything doesn't it yeah, no. and I didn't want to go back full time so I went back three days a week um, and that left space really open to to do other things um, and it, it all kind of came from this one conversation that we had um, because I my um, partner teacher um, who is Katie Francis Blurred her pen name um, ah. we met teaching we shared a class together um, and it just came from this one conversation. We both had a love of books anyway, um, which I think all teachers do, don't they? You kind of have to yeah. love books to share that love of books with your children in your class. And we just had this co one conversation one day, and she said, I haven't told anyone this yet, but I've been writing this book. And I went, have you? Because I would all, I've always wanted to write one. And we, we were like, well, let's do it. Why don't we do it together? And that's kind of where it all came from. Um, and it's kind of taken up then those kind of extra days because she also works part time in school. So it kind of came about then that these extra days that we had in the week that we started using to put together our publishing house, start writing these stories and helping each other with them. So we work together on lots of things. She'll write her stories. I'll proofread them. Then she sends them off to other people to look through, look at and all that type of thing. I'll write a story. She'll look at mine for me. So we kind of work in partnership, really. Oh, lovely. I might just uh, come in here before Rob asks question number two, but um, your publishing house that you set up to, to publish your books and Francis, 
is, um, I'm, I'm calling you now by I have so many names to juggle yep. here talking to, <laughs> talking to you. So. Um, are you taking submissions or are you keeping it the door closed and you're just going to concentrate on you two at the moment? We started off like that, but we are absolutely open to submissions. We've spoken to a couple of people recently, um, and it looks like we're probably bringing somebody else into the fold very soon, which is quite exciting. Um, oh, wow, somebody, that's cool. Somebody who was working with another indie publisher who, unfortunately, they've had to close, and she's got these two books that she needs a new home for. So um, hopefully we're, we're going to be their new home, which is really exciting for us nice best of luck yeah, with that. Thank you. Re- really exciting um future for your uh, publishing house and you know if, if you're a listener to the show um i'm a massive champion for a really strong work ethic so the fact that you're juggling all this stuff i find it incredibly impressive um <laughs> question two i'm really intrigued to ask you this one because you do children's books i know you do other books as well but with your children's books are you wide or exclusive with Amazon for the ebook? Because I imagine predominantly most of them would be paperback. Mm. So we haven't done any of the children's books as ebooks. Okay. And we've kept them all as being able to buy it on Amazon. Um, so we started uh-huh. off just exclusive on Amazon. But recently we've kind of started exploring Ingram Sparks because yeah. you can kind of then put into other places. Um, and that's kind of a bit of a journey that we're on at the moment. Um, and also things like looking into Waterstones, where you can apply to have your books on there and that type of thing. So we're trying to now delve into other places and other, other areas to see if we can get the books out a little bit wider. Um, the first three books we wrote are more kind of, I suppose what you'd call gift books. We wrote one for Mother's Day, one for Father's Day, an Easter story that you'd probably buy for those special occasions. Uh Um, so they are just exclusively with amazon but i'm not afraid um about the lovely herbie the hedgehog um there's a cute (laughs) how that story came about if you'd like to hear it um we're going a bit further with with that story and trying to kind of get it out into a few more places really that's something we're exploring as we go along almost um Sounds fascinating. And, and I would imagine you'll probably um, be able to prove me wrong here, but I would imagine your books and Francis's, mm. I'm getting these names, yes. <laughs> um, you'll approach them both differently, wouldn't mm. you? Because I would imagine Francis's is predominantly will gain sales like Rob and I do from a lot of downloads. Mm-hmm. Yes. and Kindle and I know yeah. the, the romance genre thrives with, with Kindle Unlimited yeah, and they're all as, an, Kindle, yeah. as an e-book whereas you, you you will be selling in your genre the children's genre more hardback copies yeah definitely um, and as a reader I don't have a Kindle I always always love a paperback I'm a paperback through and through mm. very cool um, whereas all of Francis's books are on a Kindle and that's, they need to be there, whereas also you can buy them in paperback if you want to. Um, but I think there's something about a children's book with all those yeah. beautiful illustrations that you just need to have it in front of you. you yeah, they're so attractive. You don't want them in black and white on yeah. the screen. And as well, when you're reading them to your kids, you'll know this. You want it there. You want them to be able to look at it, point at the pictures, turn the pages themselves. Yeah. And you can't do that if it's on a screen. You just can't. Yeah, it's Not a different there. experience. Yeah. Mm. It really is. So the, the next few questions will be fascinating then because you're, you're talking on behalf of um, not only your own books, but your experience mm-hmm. with Francis's books and, and, and the publishing arm as, it, as it's um, about to grow. So question three is, can you name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without? For me, where the children's books are concerned, Canva through and through. Oh, of course, yeah. Format, yep. everything on Canva. All the children's books are on there. I do it all there. Absolutely love it. Um, and also all the stuff that we do for Instagram and Facebook, whenever we do any posts, I do all of them on there. I don't think I could do it without it. So, yeah, definitely Canva all the way. Wow. I um, concur. Yeah, I think for Frances, I think it would be her, um, I think it's Atticus that she uses to write all her books onto. Um, and, it, I mean, it works a dream. She's got all her chapters down the side. She can flip in and out of them, easy to them put onto Amazon and the Kindle. So that's what she uses all the time. 
Fantastic. I mean, I um, I swear by Canva. I live on Canva. I'm, I think all the all the stuff you see for two indie authors on the Instagram and in the Facebook group, yeah. I, I do all of that on Canva. So I'm with you on that one. But the fact that you can build, I mean, it just shows like a testament to how far you can take um, some of these things that are available to us so that you can, you're developing an entire children's book on Canva. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. That's that's yeah. incredible work. Yeah, it really as far as buying into the premium on there yet yeah. i'm doing this all on the free canva wow, yeah. yeah that's even yeah. better that yeah. um well let's move on to question number four and this will be a really interesting one especially as um you're you're not directing people to a quick instant download of an ebook like say david and myself are and probably the majority of indie authors are so give us a brief overview of how you market your books but again, this is something we've kind of gone along on a journey with as we've gone along. We kind of went, let's do this and jumped in two feet first and went for it, started writing, got books out and we're like, right, we need to figure out how we're doing this. So mm-hmm. we've done a lot of Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising. We set up a TikTok account um, for the publishing house and trying to kind of grow a following on there and an audience on there. Um, and it's coming slowly, but these things take time, don't they? Um, uh-huh. And one of the things that we have delved into for I'm Not Afraid is a book blog tour. So we've uh-huh. got a tour starting oh, good. next week with Love Books tours, uh, which we're very excited about. Um, so it's kind of Great. it's kind of growing with time, and we're kind of adding new new things in and new kind of strands to the marketing as we go along, really. I find the idea nice. of um, a blog tour for a kids' book fascinating. Yeah, that's I find that very fascinating. Like, what, like, have they given you like any information about what they're going to be, like, what avenue they're going to take it down? Because usually, I, my experience with blog tours is just usually bang like yours is a crime book you go on all the crime book blogs whereas yours would be probably aimed more towards parents so i'm just interested to know if they've given you any information about that or are you still waiting to find that out so a lot of the um people that we've sent copies of the book to are parents um mm-hmm. and they've they instagram accounts and things that are you know called things like mum's favorite books and all those you know all those kind of like yeah. interesting names so it's it's kind of gone down that route really with who is going to be kind of doing their their blog on it which i think mm. is great because, yeah like as you said who i'm aiming to is parents and trying to get parents involved and you know you're kind of looking on all, all these facebook groups going which groups can i join that will let me promote my children's book on these parent groups and things you know trying to find ways to get your book out into the world of parents really you need to yeah, get your book in, into into the hands of Stacey Solomon, isn't she the one on yeah. on Instagram? Get her just to wave a picture of it, and that that'll send it skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it really would. Yeah, influencers for kids' books, of course, because the the interesting navigation there is the consumer of the book, i.e., the child, in a sense, is not your target audience, even yeah. though you're you're writing to that audience, but you're marketing, yeah. of course, to the the, the parent. The parent. Yeah. Um, which makes all your decisions um, quite interesting. So I- I'm wondering um, what your answer will be for question five, Sarah, which is what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset? I think how important that following is. I think because we kind of just went for it and it was like a decision we'd made one day and a few weeks later we were kind of writing books, getting together, you know, creating a, a logo for the publishing house, all those things and just getting very overexcited about everything and just going for it. I think we kind of did everything all in one go, set up all these Instagram, Facebook, TikTok accounts and started producing all this stuff so quickly that we didn't have many people following us. We hadn't found as many people maybe as we needed to really kind of get things kind of off to a really strong start. So it's kind of developed very, very slowly. You know, we've not sold many books yet. It's coming very slowly. And I think I think if we'd have maybe just kind of hit the brakes on how quickly the books came out and kind of built up a little bit more first. And I think it's never too late to advertise your book and show people what you're doing and giving them an insight into your kind of workings around it and how you've got to where you are and your process um, to kind of show people who you are and kind of get a few more people on side with you, really. Um that's kind of all it's kind of all happened at the same time and we've gone on this journey that everything's happening all at once and 
rather than it kind of like, right, we'll do this and then we'll get up on ourselves on socials and then we'll get a book out and kind of be like, right, we'll get a book out and put ourselves on social, but it's all in one go. <laughs> so maybe with a bit of hindsight, we might have just slowed down a little bit um, and taken it a little bit slower and built ourselves up a little bit more in the world first. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always good to go in with a plan. I mean, I always subscribe. I mean, I do it with my books of the get it wrong as quickly as possible because then you can get it right afterwards. So the way you have done it is you dive straight into the deep end and yeah. figured out how to swim, which yeah, yeah. seems to have gone reasonably well for you guys so far. So uh, credit to you for doing that and credit for you to, you know, taking the time to figure out how to get things right because so many people wouldn't they would find it uh, really frustrating which is a perfect segue into question six segues. smooth that was a smooth one that was uh, so question six there is what your biggest frustration as an indie author for me it's amazon because amazon kdp can be so frustrating to use I got oh, really? Amazon, I format my book, I put it onto Amazon, it's beautiful. The inside has worked beautifully, everything yeah. up. I then do my front cover. I followed the measurements on the templates to the absolute minuscule of measurements <laughs> and it doesn't work. It's not out it's not gone past the blur line. It's still inside. Nothing ah. I think with oh, no. I think with Herbie's little book, I think I got to about book cover sixteen before I got it to work. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, and is that is that an, an ongoing concern for um, authors who use illustration in their books like you do? Is that what they talk about in the child children's books communities? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a frustration. Lead line and making ah. your books go, you know, your pictures go right to the edge of the book. And if it doesn't, of course. you can get your proof copy through and there's a little white line at the bottom and you just don't want that. Mm. <laughs> it's not how you want your book. It doesn't look as it doesn't do your pictures any justice you know you find these incredible illustrators um and they do an incredible job for you and then you've got little white a little white border all the way around it just doesn't look how you want it to so that can be frustrating or your cover comes back and the quality's not as it should and you know the lines are a little bit blurry so you're then going back and looking at your pixels have i got it no is there enough pixels in this picture to make it of course yeah that would be a frustration with the printing of of such books whereas rob and i and and francis of course those just writing prose i only Mm. have to put up with the black and white um and making sure that the the words are all within that frame that they that they need to be um Right, so that that's a frustrating that that's a very valid frustration yes. for anybody um, working with illustrated books. Um, it brings us towards the end. This has flown in, and Sarah, you've given us some great answers so far. Um, but Rob and I always love to ask um, this particular question. It's question seven of the seven questions. What's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? I think it would be to just go for it. You don't want to have regrets in life, right? So if this very is the thing you want to do. I would say just go for it. Find the time. We know life's busy. You're juggling work, you're juggling kids. You know, there's all these other things going on. And actually, you just need to make sure you make the time for it and just go for it. Give it everything you've got and just just, just have fun, really, I think. I think, yeah, I think that's it. It's just go for it because you don't want to look back and think, I wish I'd written that book. I wish I'd taken the time to do this. And... I think that's one of the reasons why we just went for it ourselves and did just dive headfirst into the whole thing because we both said something we've always wanted to do and we're like, well, why are we waiting around? Let's just do it. We don't want to look back and think we could have done this, but we didn't. Well, Sarah, you you are living proof of your own advice, especially a teacher. And we know that's one of the top three most stressful jobs in the UK, but a Senko teacher who has decided she always wanted to write a book and now has not just written a book, has written... Four, and has begun their own um, publishing arm. Hats off to you, Sarah. You're doing a fantastic job, you and Francis. We'd love Uh to get you both on the podcast at one stage um, in the future to discuss how your publishing arm is growing and how you you, you want to evolve it um, over time. But thanks so much for those seven answers and uh, for giving up your time for myself and Rob today. You're welcome. It's been great fun. It's been really lovely to talk to you.
and put faces to those voices that you're always hearing when you're listening to your podcast. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm going to let you down. That's not Rob and I singing at the start of the show. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, no, that's me singing before the mailbag, which is even better. That's that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I did like this week's one. That was really funny. <laughs> Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. David, we say it every week, but that was a fascinating conversation. I absolutely love talking to Sarah. Do you know what? It's Sarah's drive, isn't it, Rob? I mean, you'll be attracted to that. It's just somebody, as you say, who just jumps in uh-huh. with bold feet and says, I'm going to do this. I'm not wasting my time in this life. I want to do this. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive subscriber to this, the idea of if I give it a go, it might happen. If I don't give it a go, it's never going to happen. And I think she's yes. like the embodiment of that, right? I mean, the, the amount of stuff she's juggling, we know what it's like to juggle kids and full-time jobs yeah. and stuff. So for, for the success that her and her partner, um, Fleur, are having, it's fantastic. And it's just another fantastic interview and another look through into how someone else has got to the, their point in their journey. Yes, yes. And we keep praising all these authors every week. But of course, the real geniuses are you and I who came up with the questions in the first place. Who came up with journalism. <laughs> yeah, we invented journalism <laughs> in seven seven simple steps. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, as always, the form, the form if you want to join us on the show, um, there's a form in our Facebook group. And you can also find it on our Instagram page or on our website, www.twoindieauthors.co.uk. I'm giving that Ooh, a plug. Ooh, look at us with a uh, website, uh, huh? Exactly. I'm giving it a plug because I spent some time putting that together. Um <laughs> Yes, right. David, before I let you go, what have you got on for the next week, my friend? I am coming towards the final act now of this uh, novella I'm writing. So if, if I have that done by the next time we're talking, I'll be very happy. If I'm that an inch or two away from it or a couple of chapters away, I'll also be happy. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting towards the tail end of that. If I'm disciplined over the next five working days before I talk to you again, um, you, you will meet a smiling bald david lovely what about you rob um i on the cards i've got my proofs coming back at some point within the next uh, working week so i'll get through them and then the Exciting. book will be the book will be polished ready to go it'll be uploaded onto amazon and i'll just let that go by and i think i'm going to get plot up to about 50 percent of my jack townsend book i think i've done about 20 percent of it so far i want to plot up to about 50 and then i think i want to start writing it because i think that will push it into whatever direction it's going to go into if that makes sense so i think this next five days should be a more creative one which i'm looking forward to so you're you're right in the midst of my favorite Part, mm. that really just bringing new stories to life and new characters to life um, and funny enough i do what you do and uh, whilst i'm trying to plot out the first chapter will will be written the first chapter could be written weeks before chapter two for some mm-hmm. reason because i'm just trying to get a, a sense of the prose and the style and and exactly where i'm going so very best of luck with that uh, and Thank i'm you. you're at that stage i love that stage i'm in the sloggy stage now nah you're in my favorite um, stage of finishing a book yes that's my favorite this, stage. Yeah, you, that's so funny isn't it how we all uh, approach it so differently and um, well best of luck with your endeavors over the next five days let's um how about we meet up over microphone and discuss how we got on over the past week next week Thank you.